to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Again, welcome. We're so excited to be worshiping with you all here on this day. And remember the, the coming of the Holy Spirit and Pentecost. And we can all gather together in the same place to worship. Our scripture reading comes from the book of Acts chapter 2. But before we approach the word of God, let us pray together. God, we give you thanks for your word. We are thankful for this day when we remember the coming of your spirit upon the people of God, including us all these ages later. We pray that these words will be understood by us and that you will equip and empower us to live as you have called us to live. And we pray this in the name of your risen Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Scripture reading is from Acts chapter 2, beginning at the first verse, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. On the day of Pentecost... All the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia... Phrygia, Padocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, sorry, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages and about the wonderful things that God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. And then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Thanks be to God. One of the requirements, kind of an unwritten rule, if you like, of being a father is you have to be a little bit crazy. 
you have to keep your children on edge, not knowing what to expect. Whether that's the silly dad jokes to which they roll their eyes, that's an obligation. You don't really learn to tell father jokes, dad jokes, until you become a dad. I don't know why that is. They just come out. Maybe it's when you're dropping your middle schooler or high schooler off at school, beeping and waving to them as you do that. They love it when you do that. Well, several years ago, I discovered one of the greatest inventions known to humanity, particularly if you're one of those dads like me who's a little bit out there, a little bit crazy. And it's called the Finger Rocket. Now, the Finger Rocket is this fantastic invention (laughs) that you can shoot anywhere, inside or outside, and it won't do any damage to things or people, but the opportunity for epic battles ensues every time you break these out. So several years ago, when all four of our kids were at home, I decided that there wasn't quite enough chaos in our home, and I needed to have a little bit more. So I gifted a whole bunch of these finger rockets to my children. Now Cindy, my wife, knew that the gift was not really for them, but for me. But I gave it to them, and they were kind of excited, but they didn't really understand the implications of this little thing. And periodically, every once in a while, when things would be calm for whatever reason or quiet, I would unearth the finger rockets and start blasting children. They, again, keep them on edge. You never know what Dad's going to do. One time in particular... I don't know what was going on. The house was really quiet. I remember our daughter, Danae, had a friend over. And the two girls were sitting watching television somewhere. And a couple of the boys were in the room. And I decided maybe I was bored. Maybe I have no idea what got into me. Again, a little bit crazy. I I needed to find the finger rockets. So I unearthed the finger rockets. I tucked a bunch of them under my arm. And I proceeded to burst into the room and start blasting anyone and everyone. I mean, shrieks, screams, people diving behind couches, hiding behind chairs, scrambling to grab other finger rockets. I I am not lying when I tell you, 20 to 30 minutes of epic battle as people were diving in and out of doors, shooting one another, scrambling on all fours to grab the spent finger rockets so they would have ammunition. I had grabbed a whole bunch more. It was fantastic. (laughs) At least I thought so. And the friend, Danae's friend looked at Danae and said, your dad's crazy. Is he always like this? To which I am convinced my daughter rolled her eyes and said, yes, unfortunately, he is. I was reminded of that event, that epic finger rocket battle, when I was reading our scripture this morning. The Holy Spirit sends on the disciples... Remember who they are. They're ordinary fishermen. They're journeymen. They have no rabbinic teaching. They have nothing special. The Holy Spirit descends, and all of a sudden, they're energetic and exuberant. They're preaching frenetically in languages they don't even understand. And the passers-by hear the noise, see the chaos that's going on, and they look at them and say, those guys are crazy. A few of them thought, Brunch must have been really good this morning. Those mimosas were extra strong. 
And Peter says, no. No, what you are witnessing cannot be explained away so easily as we're crazy or drunk. You are witnessing the Spirit of God. This is a supernatural occurrence. What is happening right now to these disciples, what you are witnessing, is a result of the Spirit of God coming upon us and giving us this power to proclaim the love of Jesus. There is no other way to explain what happened. That moment, Pentecost, that first Pentecost, is the beginning of the church. That's when the church begins. The Spirit descends and equips and empowers the church to live as God always intended the church to live. And all of a sudden, there was this incredibly diverse group of people gathered together, enthusiastic and energetic. And when we look at Pentecost as this event that we celebrate once a year, and we decorate our sanctuaries, and we gather together in one worship and think, that's Pentecost, glad that's over with, we fail to understand the implications of what it actually is and means. So what does Pentecost mean for us today? How are we to live our lives as a result of Pentecost? First of all, it means that we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Spirit of God. What does that mean? That means that every aspect of our lives is to be guided by, is to be influenced by the Spirit of God. Every decision we make, every conversation we have, every relationship that we pursue, all aspects of our lives are guided by the Holy Spirit. There is no other way to explain Peter and the other disciples other than to understand that something happened, that they were filled with something which transformed them. Weeks before, Peter denied even knowing Jesus and was holed up in a room somewhere afraid to come out, afraid of what might happen. And then after Jesus ascends, they're still up in the room waiting for this Holy Spirit, not sure what's going to happen. And now we find them in the public square, boldly declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ, sharing with us with energy and passion that can't be explained any other way. Remember, there's no rabbinic training There's nothing unique or special about Peter and these disciples. They are ordinary men who'd been passed over, passed by for any kind of role in society, especially a religious, a prophetic one. And yet here they are. And that same Spirit of God is alive and active today and has influenced generation after generation of those who call themselves followers of Jesus. Pentecost wasn't simply a historic event. Pentecost happens every single day. That the Spirit of God remains alive and active, and we are to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that it influences everything we say and do. 
the homes in which we live, the cars that we drive, the conversations that we have, the schools to which we send our children, the decisions we make about our future lives and what we're to study, where we're to send our kids to college, all those things are to be controlled and influenced by the Holy Spirit. It is that Spirit that has influenced lives like Peter and the disciples through the ages. Listen to this list. These people, some will be known to you. I have this list if you want to share it, if you want to see it. But listen to these people. Hudson Taylor, William Carey, Frederick Douglass, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Oswald Chambers, Oscar Romero, Sojourner Truth, Florence Nightingale, Harriet Beecher Stowe, Mother Teresa, Corey Ten Boom, on and on and on. Thousands of names, many lost to history. Lived controlled by the Spirit of God, and the repercussions, the ripple effect of that continues to this day. That is the Spirit that lives within us as well. So Pentecost firstly means that we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. The second thing it means is that we are compelled to pursue relationships with people from all walks of life, all backgrounds, all ethnicities, in a way that was so unusual at that time and continues to be today. At that moment, through the miracle of language, the Holy Spirit comes upon, again, these commoners, these disciples, and empowers them to speak in multiple languages, signifying God's desire for what the church would be. That the church was not going to be controlled by one group of people, one type of person, one ethnicity, one people group, but it was the gospel was going to be shared worldwide with everyone and include everyone. No one was going to have to give up their cultural identity to conform to some other kind of someone else's desire, someone else's culture. It was universal. Some of the most, and I've said this before, some of the most amazing, impactful worship experiences I have had have been in context where I had no idea what was going on. The liturgy was, was different for me. The language was one I didn't understand. What was happening was, in, in, from my way of thinking, somewhat chaotic and confusing, and yet I understood that we are all doing the same thing. We are gathered there together to worship one God. It wasn't about me and my comfort level. It was about us sharing something in common, a love of Jesus, and that we're full of the Holy Ghost. We continue to have opportunities to pursue relationships, deep and meaningful relationships with people from all walks of life. And though that's not generally reflected in this congregation or in most congregations even around the world, Christianity remains the most diverse religion of any in the world. It is inclusive of everyone. Why would we miss that? That's what the Spirit of God gives us, opportunities to hear from and know who God is based on the cultures and the activities and the, the languages of people from everywhere. And the third thing that Pentecost does is it 
inspires people to hold on to their resources very loosely. Immediately after Pentecost, the people are so inspired, so enthralled, so excited about the connections that they're making with all these people, so enthusiastic about sharing this good news with every pe- all people all around them, that they willingly give up everything to share it in common with the church. That's what the scriptures tell us. Now, I do not understand the consequences of that. I don't know what it was like to live with them when they sold everything and gave it to the church. And now they're dependent on one another and the church. I don't know what that looked like, but what it tells me is that the Spirit of God so transformed them that their lives changed completely and forever. That's Pentecost. That's what it means to be followers of Jesus today. It is not simply an historic event that we kind of gloss over and then move on with our mundane, everyday lives. No, the Spirit of God indwells us to be full of the Spirit of God, to pursue relationships with people from all walks of life, to hold on to our resources loosely. And people will see that and observe that and think, those people are crazy. How else would you explain people just choosing to make decisions based on guidance by the Spirit of God? People are going to look at you and think, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't feel comfortable with that. Who else is going to pursue relationships with all people from all walks of life except those guided by the Spirit. And people are going to mumble under the breath, I'm uncomfortable in those situations. I don't connect well with people like that or like them. Who else is going to willingly have resources that are held very loosely, available time, energy, finances, gifts, available to all people in need and otherwise. Shortly after I finish this message, we're going to collect the offering. That makes no sense outside these doors. You worked hard for that. The Spirit of God emboldens us and empowers us to live differently. Now, if you're anything like me, this is uncomfortable. To be honest, I don't really like making decisions based on guidance by the Holy Spirit. I like to kind of have control. I am, you might think I'm an extrovert. I'm actually not, and I'm very comfortable hiding in my house or fly fishing on the river with nobody talking to me. And so pursuing relationships with people that look like me or people that are different than me is difficult for me, and yet that's what I'm called to do. And I really, really don't like holding my resources loosely. I worked hard for these things. I need to hang on to them to make sure I'm okay. But hopefully, today, I'm better at that than I was yesterday, and tomorrow, better again. I'm growing into the person that God called me to be by the power, through the influence of the Holy Spirit. 
hope you are the same. There are many who are concerned about the future of the church. It does not seem like the next generation is as excited or enthusiastic, as committed to what the church has been or what the church is. And many look at it as its upcoming foreboding demise. But Pentecost demonstrates God's desire to continue to pursue all people, to continue, continue to indwell people with the Holy Spirit, to continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus everywhere, including all those places, those faraway places that are now in our midst. It began with Peter and the other disciples, the ordinary fishermen, when the Spirit came and people looked at them and thought, they're either crazy or drunk. And he said, nope, that's not it. Supernatural indwelling of the Spirit, and it didn't end there. Every day henceforth was Pentecost. Whether it's a Sunday or a Monday or any other day of the week, that the people of God lived full of the Spirit of God. I hope, I pray that people will look at me and think, he's a little bit crazy. I would love for RPC to be a congregation where people go, man, I don't know about that church. Those people are a little off. They live in a way that doesn't make sense in our culture. They're controlled or guided by something else. They have all these amazing relationships. They give so willingly and generously. I don't understand. I hope that is our place. I hope and pray that I become someone like that so that others will know and see that this is a supernatural occurrence. And it's not about me but it's about the Spirit of God and what God desires us to be, that we would grow and live into the people that God created us to be at the beginning of time. Amen. Let us pray. God, I do pray that you, as your Spirit has descended, that we will open ourselves and avail ourselves to your Spirit now, that we be guided empowered and influenced by your spirit in all that we say and all that we do. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.